Controversy in the Sanctuary Satan succeeded in cutting humankind off from God when he led Adam and Eve to sin in the Garden of Eden. Next, he tried to keep Christ from conquering when he came to earth to die for the sins of fallen humankind. Thankfully, he failed miserably and the pathway through Christ was provided for our return. Now Satan's chief aim and focus is to keep us from following this pathway home. Inspiration tells us the adversary seeks continually to obstruct the way to God's throne, the mercy seat, that we may not by earnest supplication of faith obtain grace and power to resist temptation. Satan knows what will happen if we truly grasp the biblical truths found in the sanctuary. He knows what will happen if we find our way back to the mercy seat in the most holy place. Because of this, he's been working over time for centuries, not only to nullify these beautiful truths, but also to provide many effective spiritual counterfeits. And sadly, he's been quite successful. The following outline, compiled by my friend Pastor Ivor Myers in his best-selling book, Operation Blueprint, Earth's final movie shows how Satan has sought to destroy the truths symbolized in the sanctuary. As we review the following ways God's blueprint has been tampered with, let us re-evaluate where we stand spiritually and study to show ourselves approved not to man but unto God. 2 Timothy 2.15 The Gateway to the Sanctuary In John 14.6, Christ tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. However, for almost 6,000 years now, Satan has been attempting to blind the eyes of men, trying to convince them that there are other ways they can come to God without going through His Son. We can see how effective he has been as we consider the following. The Altar of Sacrifice while the sacrificial rituals practiced by the Jewish leaders before Christ's coming often became merely a form, so after Christ's coming, due to the secular influences of pagan Rome upon the church in the early centuries AD, the forgiveness of sins by faith alone in Christ's blood was replaced by man-made counterfeits and traditions. Whether through the practice of penance, and indulgences, or by the merit of good deeds, or by the observance of rigorous rituals, it was taught that salvation was obtained by human efforts and works. While forms have changed over the years, this faulty doctrine of self-works is still embraced by many professing Christians today. This is in direct opposition to the biblical truth of salvation by faith alone. See Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, Titus 3, 5 and 6. The laver, baptism by choice and immersion, was replaced by infant baptism and sprinkling. Christians no longer had to make a personal choice to be saved. If they'd been baptized as a baby, they were considered saved. This once-saved-always-saved philosophy negates not only free choice, but the whole ongoing process of biblical sanctification, which is accomplished only as we yield to the Holy Spirit's power day by day. 
Unfortunately, it is still embraced by many Christians today. This is in direct opposition to the biblical truth of baptism, sanctification, and daily surrender. See Ephesians 4.5, Proverbs 4.18, 1 Thessalonians 4.3-8, Ezekiel 3.20. The Table of Showbread As time went on, the truths of God's Word were replaced and superseded by the traditions and practices of the Church. The leaven of man-made ordinances began to take predominance over the purity of biblical truth. In fact, for many centuries, the common men were forbidden to read or interpret the Bible for themselves. This was deemed acceptable only to the clergy, those who tried to live by or preach the true word apart from church traditions were considered apostates and heretics. Unfortunately today, many throughout Christianity still follow church traditions over that of biblical truth. This is in direct opposition to the foundation of unchanging biblical truth and doctrine. See 2 Timothy 3.16, Isaiah 8.20, Proverbs 30, 5 and 6, Revelation 22, 18. The Altar of Incense Instead of going through Christ our intercessor, to communicate directly with our Father in heaven with our confessions and prayers, man orchestrated a confessional booth where a human priest was to sit in the place of God, hearing the confessions of the people. Thus the gift of forgiveness and mercy was taken from God and placed in the hands of mortal men. This practice is still followed by many Christians today. As we can see, the removal of the sanctuary doctrine of Christ as our intercessor is in direct opposition to biblical truth. See 1 Timothy 2.5, Hebrews 10.19. The Golden Candlestick Unfortunately, in the years following the Pentecostal outpouring after Christ's ascension, secular entities began to introduce more and more worldliness and compromise into the church. As a result, true Holy Spirit living was replaced by a form of spiritual pretense by many in religious leadership. Not only was it okay to be in the church and live as one pleased, as long as proper confessions were made and penance was paid, but thousands who exhibited a Holy Spirit-filled life and testimony were burned at the stake, fed to lions, or left alone to rot in cold, dark dungeons because of their stand for biblical truth and their Holy Spirit-filled life and witness. This period of great spiritual persecution is what we know today as the Dark Ages. It literally lasted 1,260 years, which matches the biblical prophecy from Daniel 7.25, which predicted this difficult experience for God's people. The squelching of the genuine Holy Spirit power is in direct opposition to Scripture. See Acts chapter 1 verse 8, 532, Isaiah 43, 10. The Ark of the Covenant And last, the religious powers under a guise of religious pretense not only attacked those who kept God's laws through the Dark Ages, but they literally changed God's law, the very law he wrote in stone with his own finger. 
They brought images and idols into the worship service, and most significantly, they changed the fourth commandment from Sabbath to Sunday. Once again, changing God's law and superseding the Bible with man-made church traditions goes in direct violation to the Holy Scriptures. See Matthew 5, 18, 19. Ellen White warns, Satan is constantly endeavoring to attract attention to man in the place of God. He leads the people to look to bishops, to pastors, to professors of theology as their guides, instead of searching the scriptures to learn their duty for themselves. Then, by controlling the minds of these leaders, he can influence the multitudes according to his will. Many in religious leadership are now pushing to bring all religious bodies and denominations back together in unity. They quote Jesus' prayer request that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, John 17, 21. It is true that as believers in Christ, we are to be one. However, far too many Christians overlook John 17, 19, in which Jesus expresses his wish that they also might be sanctified through the truth. The Bible doesn't tell us that we are sanctified by unity or by being united with other religious entities. It says that we are sanctified and made one through the truth, the truth being found in the Word of God. John 17, 17. With this in mind, how can Bible-believing Protestant Christians become reconciled and one in the truth with those that for centuries have sought to alter God's truth? God is calling all of us out of spiritual Babylon, out of spiritual confusion and compromise, not back into it, Revelation 14, 6 through 12. It's clear that the prophecy of Revelation 13, 3 is being fulfilled before our very eyes today. Let us not sleep as others do. Let us watch and be sober. Let us pray. It is obvious by what is happening in the world around us that we are living in significant times. However, while things may seem confusing and different winds of doctrine will blow and then subside, 2 Timothy 4.3, let us keep our focus on Christ. For with His word before us, we have no reason to be swept away. Ephesians 4.14, 2 Timothy 3.16 we can stand strong in the truth no matter the storms. As the late Hollis Scarborough said, in every age, God has always had a people faithful and loyal, the called and chosen, and He still has a special people today. The question is, will we be part of this people? Will we be part of His final remnant as depicted in Revelation 12:17? To find out where you fit in this sanctuary controversy, as well as to gain an eye-opening overview of Christian history from the beginning war in heaven until present times, I encourage you again to read The Great Controversy. This book has inspired me as no other, as it shows where we stand in earth's final battle between truth and error. The question we each need to ask ourselves is, Am I on the right side of this great controversy battle? God is calling each of us to a deeper study of His Word. He is calling us to a deeper experience with Him. Above all, He is calling us to follow the sanctuary pathway back to His throne. But He doesn't force anyone. 
The choice to follow is up to us.